no matter who's around you, if they are trying and taking the risk to put themselves out there, ask them how it's going. Ask them if there's anything you can do to help. Don't even ask them some days. Just go ahead and do something that you know is going to make an impact in their life. It just helps a woman realize that help is absolutely necessary. You cannot do life without help along the way. Hey, and welcome to the Leading with Nice interview series podcast. My name is Matthew Ewell, and we want to help you inspire others, build loyalty, and get results. Now, today I am super excited, as I usually am, but I'm particularly excited because this guest came via reference from my sister, and I've talked about both my sisters on social media and in videos and whatnot. They're both entrepreneurs themselves. One is an author. One works in a variety of different arenas. And one of my sisters recommended today's guest, Maria Locker, because Maria has been influential in my sister's life for many years. Maria is an advocate and champion for the advancement of women and female entrepreneurs across North America. She is the founder and CEO of the Montrepreneurs Organization and now the founder and CEO of Revolution Her. Maria and her team have welcomed, get this, over 30,000 members and subscribers and presented over 800 events, which leads me to believe that Maria actually has mastered cloning as well, because that's a lot for one person. Uh, So there must be multiple Marias out there. Uh, And she's also given back over a staggering $200,000 in funding and business mentorship to women entrepreneurs through their annual awards programming. So... As the son of a great entrepreneurial mother and the brother of two entrepreneurial sisters, man, I could not be happier to have Maria on my podcast. Welcome here today. Thanks so much, Matthew. I'm uh, I'm very humbled. I and I, your sister has been amazing. So I'm really glad that she introduced us to each other. Yes. So shout out, Cindy. <laughs> Cindy, over the summer, we were on the phone and I was talking about my business and how she was doing, and and I just I bemoan the fact that, you know, I've been doing this podcast for about 18 months at the time and I booked and recorded five episodes and I think I had three published. And she said, well, what's your biggest pain point? And I said, you know, I can find the guests and I'm really great at creating the questions, but it's all this stuff in between like inviting them and getting them on that has me stumped and booking them. She said, well, listen, I'll book, I'll take care of all your bookings. Since that day, so in my first 18 months, I did five interviews, three published. Since that day, I've done, I think, 15, like in less than six months, 15 interviews, and we published 10 of them, uh, all thanks to her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you want a virtual assistant, anybody, but if you do, send me an email. I'll connect you to Cindy. <laughs> anyway, so Maria, you have a crazy background of how you, like your journey, and we're going to talk about it a bit, You how you've ended up where you are today. Mm-hmm. And you know, if someone met you 15 years ago, you actually would have been in your second year as a primary school teacher. And that's not a bad gig, right? You have Christmas, March break, summer's off, you get a great pension. But less than five years later, you're launching Mompreneur, the precursor to Revolution Her. Mm-hmm. And I just am curious, like, what was happening in those early years? And I ask this because I want listeners to hear what you say, and they might recognize something that sounds familiar to them that might be an indication that, you know, 
there's something stirring entrepreneurial. So first, what was happening? And like, maybe what were some of the indicators that, okay, it's time to pivot? Yeah. Well, so first off, I have to say, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So business and small business, working with family was something I always knew. I was two years old when my parents opened up our company, like our family business that is still running. I'm actually, I'm actually the only one out of my three other siblings and my parents and my aunts and cousins that does not work there. So it's, it's in my blood entrepreneurship, but something happened uh, when I was in university and, you know, I was a little girl in grade two. I always said I wanted to be a teacher and uh, a switch was flipped in university. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to apply for teacher's college. So I, I was very passionate about teaching. I, I look back on those days with so much fondness and love for just being surrounded by kids that wanted to learn. Fast forward a couple of years, though, I had my kids. I was one of those crazy people that decided to have my kids 18 months apart. Um, <laughs> I love it. 18 months is like... In today, in the new math, that's like two weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know what? It was a blip. It was like a, a haze for a little while there. But I turned to my husband, who's also a school teacher. He still is currently a teacher. Uh, I turned to my husband and said, look, babe, I don't think I really want to go back and teach 30 other kids and like leave my two with someone else. This just is really not sitting well. And he had the same feelings. And so we had that conversation as a couple, you know, are we willing to sacrifice losing a whole salary? Are we willing to sacrifice certain things for one of us to be home with our kids? And we were. And so that's really what I did. I enjoyed the first couple of years, uh, just being a mom at home. And I loved, you know, being with my kids and watching them grow. And I was very fortunate to be able to have that experience. And then by the time my daughter turned, she was just about to turn two. So my son is my firstborn and then my daughter. She was just about to turn two, and I was noticing more and more that every time I was going out to the parks and I would take the kids for walks, I was always meeting other women. I think I'm a very um, talkative person. I'm a very social person, and I would meet these women at the park, and I'd always ask them, so what do you do? And nine times out of ten, they were entrepreneurs, and they were super quiet about it. They wouldn't really talk about it. I was always, it was like I was trying to pull information from them. I started talking to more and more women, and I just found, you know what? we need to talk about this more. We need to be together and, and support one another more. I grew up in family business. You know, it was normal for me to, to be a kid seeing my parents work. And I think a lot of the women I was first meeting just really found like, nope, I'm here as a mom right now. I'm at the park. I'm not supposed to talk about work. I'm not supposed to talk about my, my business. Uh, and it just really was weird for me. Mm. So Honestly, that's where it all stemmed from. I had been home for a couple of years. I was doing freelance work and it just developed from there. I just saw the need for women to be able to connect with one another in a way that made sense for them. You know, as a small business owner at that time, I was doing uh, a direct marketing business on the side. And like I said, some freelance social media marketing. I just found I couldn't connect with the chambers locally. I couldn't go for a 7.30 a.m. meeting when I had my two kids with me. Uh, there were no online meetings. That was like unheard of at that time. So there was just no way for me to connect. And I was realizing there was no way for other women to connect. And that's really how Mompreneurs was born. If I'm being honest, it was truly a selfish need to just want to talk to other women. <laughs> mm. That was it. You know, one of the things 
this past 12 months that been top of my mind is with the you know greater awareness of Black Lives Matters. Mm-hmm. You know, we're recording this just after International uh, Women's Day. And there's this quote by Stephen Covey that I, uh, you know, hold dear. And I've started applying it a different way. And it's uh, one of his seven habits is uh, to know something, but not to do it is truly not to know it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's been resonating with me as I look at like educating myself and just becoming more aware of what it means to be like a white man in 2021 is when you, when you told that story right now, you know, I've never been a mom, right. And I never will be a, a well, most likely I'll never be a mom. Mm-hmm. And so these are things that just without you sharing it, I would never even cross my mind. I wouldn't be aware. I wouldn't know how to support my wife or my sisters or nieces. So partly one, thank you for bringing that like awareness to that on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And two, it's just uh, for people that are listening that, have not been in that scenario because they just simply aren't in that scenario. That's a great, something something I would encourage you to ruminate on after you stop listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, this actually flows right in that this next question we had talked about, you write and speak a lot about finding clarity, which is what you just described your process for finding clarity and living a life of purpose, which of course aligns well with leading with nice. And for you, uh, this was really highlighted in 2016, 2017 when you, basically took illness the same way you took having children. You battled both Hodgkin's lymphoma and thyroid cancer, like within a year of each other. Yeah. (laughs) What was it do you think? And I don't mean to make light of it, but again, like you don't do anything far apart, it appears. What was it do you think that instead of this calling you to just coast and mail it in, because you know, nobody would challenge you for being like, just kind of like chilling the rest of your days. But instead, you're like, you know what? I'm going to mix it up and ramp up my whole life. <laughs> what was it? Tell me. I It was sitting on a couch for days in and days out, staring at the same four walls. That was like, okay, let's just get through this moment and move on to the better and bigger things. It was such an odd time. And I have to say, even though you know I was diagnosed, I was actually diagnosed two months apart. So I was diagnosed first with thyroid cancer. And then actually about a month and a half later, Hodgkin's lymphoma. But I had been trying to figure out health issues for over 10 years. I can't even really describe the frustration that comes from knowing something's up, but having to go through the process for so long, trying to figure out what that is. So I was just happy to finally have gotten some kind of answer. And I was ready to just, just tell me what I got to do. I'll do it so I can move on. And that's really how I tried to approach it. Now, having said that, I wasn't prepared with a will. Mm. I wasn't prepared in my business. I I had no idea if something happened, who was this going to go to? I had thousands of members that Mm. looked to me. And then all of a sudden, if something were to happen to me, I wasn't prepared for that. So it was, it was a big lesson there. Uh, But for me, even going through chemotherapy, the radiation, and just, you know, kind of bouncing back, getting my immune system back on track, a lot of it, I was working on our annual conference for 500 women. I was booking speakers. I was interviewing, I think at one point I interviewed Manjeet Minhas for our magazine. It kept me going knowing that I had this important work to do and that you know that I was hopefully touching the lives of other women. It was really important to me. And so it's just how I do, I guess. It's just how I function. And now you know, during that time, because I was inside for so long, because my immune system was shot, 
I can still remember the feeling of going outside and hearing the birds chirp at the beginning of spring around this time. And it was just beautiful. And it just makes you realize the importance of things that you maybe just take for granted on a daily basis. We're only here for so long. It's up to all of us to make an impact for however long we're here every single day. We have to show up every single day, whether we're feeling great or not. I really, truly believe that. Thank you for that masterclass on resiliency. So a few few takeaways. One, like, first of all, if you're a small business owner and you do not have a will, like you go do it tomorrow, like right now, yeah. stop this now, call your local lawyer, get a will. Because like Maria just said, like if something happens to you, if you have clients you need to care for, you have employees, potentially you have partners in addition to your family. So go take care of that right now. And then also, yes, there are people to help you with the work, but you will still need to be responsible yeah. for like driving that. You're the fuel in the car, right? So Yeah. And I, I will say that, like I have I had an incredible team behind me. I, I was able, we were actually just, we had just signed this massive project with the government of Canada and, and the Coca-Cola Foundation. I had just opened a nonprofit. Like we had this whole thing, like the biggest project of my life. And I had to turn to my team and say, uh, guys, yeah. <laughs> I'm here, but I'm really not here. See what you can do without me. And um, I'm so thankful because, you know, even for some of those team members that are no longer with the company, with me, they're lifelong friends. They had my back and I will always have theirs. Yeah, that is amazing. So I want to take that same theme uh, because I want to speak a bit more about transition. Mm -hmm. So Mompreneur was happening. It was successful. And I think it's fair to say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that Revolution Her was born out of that. Mm -hmm. And so as you saw the call, you felt the need to pivot. What I'd love for you to share right now is like, maybe almost a checklist for people like that. What were the signs that you needed to pivot or like kind of grow or change your company? So like if you saw them again, would you recognize it as definite indications that it's time to make another pivot? I think so. I, I think I would. So for me, the number one sign that I saw was really complacency. I was comfortable doing the same thing to the point where it wasn't exciting me anymore. I loved the community that we obviously had brought together. I loved putting on events, but there was a spark missing. At some point, there was a spark missing in terms of like, something's not speaking to me. I'm normally much more excited about these things. And it's kind of like, eh. <laughs> it was really one of those complacent issues that I just, it, it made me realize that I am not comfortable staying comfortable. Mm. I'm constantly looking to change things, do things differently, improve, get feedback and develop. That's where my spark comes from. That's where my passion comes from because that means I'm growing and I'm constantly evolving. And that's really where Revolution Her came from. When I started Mompreneurs, I was a young mom and and it really spoke to me. The word mompreneur spoke to me and it spoke to others. As my kids started to grow, and as the world around us started to shift, you know, new conversations were happening. Was the word mompreneur even really necessary? Why are we putting labels on women? And so it just, over the years, it just kept sticking with me. You know, something's different and has to change. Uh, and it really hit me when we had our last mompreneurs conference. 2019, we had our conference and there was a really special event that took place. Ellen DeGeneres was coming to Toronto 
And it was the weekend of our conference. And I got a little cheeky and posted a picture of our group of women. And I superimposed Ellen's face on one of uh, our members' bodies and said, Ellen, look, you fit right in. Posted it on Twitter. And it kind of had like a mini viral moment Mm. to the point where her producer reached out and said, hey, uh, Ellen can't join your event, but she would love for your mompreneurs to join her at her event. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is craziness. And so the spark was reignited. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. We managed to collectively bring together 600 women in pink mompreneur t-shirts to the Ellen DeGeneres show in Toronto. And what was amazing was there were, I would say over 50% of the women that joined us were women I hadn't talked to Mm -hmm. in five or six years, women that were no longer even entrepreneurs, but had stayed part of our community because they still felt like they wanted to be part of it. And it was like a light bulb moment. These women, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, they're still, we all just want community. Mm. And that was really the catalyst for me to say, okay, I love the work we've done with mompreneurs. We need to evolve and shift so that we're now able to support women, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, whether they're moms or not, whether they're transgender or not, whether they're anything or not. And it really came from just wanting to open our arms wider and welcoming as many women as we could. And the word evolution was really where I was focused on. It just felt like it was time to evolve. uh, And Revolution Her is what came out of it. Very cool. Okay. So, Real quick, then top three things like in bullet point form. Don't think about it. Just tell me top three things. If you're feeling this, investigate it because it might be a pivot time for you. If you're comfortable, it's time for change. If you're not driving forward in terms of change, you need to talk to someone and find new inspiration. Mm, I'm going to go with two. Those are the two big things. I love it. I'm a middle-aged white man. (laughs) And just based on our sex and gender, we've had very different journeys in building our business. Because of my privilege, I haven't had the same challenges as you. And for our listeners that are thinking to themselves right now about a woman in their life who they'd like to support on their entrepreneurial journey, what do they need to be aware of that they may have never even thought about because they aren't a woman or an entrepreneur? I will say, if there's anything I've learned about women is that they truly believe they can do it all and that they're supposed to do it all. So if you have a woman in your life who is trying to run a side hustle or run a business, they're not necessarily going to tell you all the stresses that come in their life. And they're going to make it look like it's okay to still keep the house clean and get the kids to school and pack lunches and whatever it is that is happening in their daily lives, you know, taking care of elder parents. There's this misconception that women really do have to do it all. And, you know, as much as we say, you know, there's that joke that men don't stop for directions, women really won't stop to ask for help. And if they do, oftentimes it's met with not the most positive. We've we've connected with a lot of women whose partners don't support their entrepreneurial efforts, who don't take them seriously, who believe it's just a hobby and it's a waste of time. And that's soul crushing for a lot of women you know, I, no matter who's around you, if they are trying and taking the risk to put themselves out there, ask them how it's going. Ask them if there's anything you can do to help. Don't even ask them some days. Just go ahead and do something that you know is going to make an impact in their life. It just helps a woman realize that 
help is absolutely necessary. You cannot do life without help along the way. That is really powerful. Everything you said, I love. I am down with. And um, as I've been journeying along and, you know, again, being a brother and a son to entrepreneurial mother and sisters, I've often wondered, like, how can I, you know, without, because I'm entrepreneurial, how do I not try to just take over what they're doing and be like, oh, I can help, but really means like, oh, I'll do it for you or I'll do it because whatever. Mm -hmm. That's something I've always been personally trying to figure out. How do I support and ally with them well? And I don't have the definite answer today, but I do think one thing that Leading with Nice can do that can help is I'd love to give away five of your annual memberships to listeners or viewers of Leading with Nice. So we'll talk about how we can do that offline, but definitely check out uh, Leading with Nice social media or our website. There'll be information on how you can have a chance to get one of these five memberships. Well, that's amazing. I'm super excited because I was uh, I had looked at it before. So can you actually just tell people what's included in an annual membership? And this the curated welcome boxes actually sounds, I want one. <laughs> so yeah, tell people about what, what's involved in the annual membership at uh, Revolution Her. That's awesome, Matthew. Thank you for the support. We've put together a membership for women who, basically it includes all of our events throughout the year. So just to give you an idea, we just hosted Mina Harris, founder of Phenomenal. She's VP Kamala Harris's niece. Uh, we just hosted her. We've hosted a uh, New York Times bestselling author, Jen Sincero, the Bird's Papaya, massive influencer on social media. So membership gives all of our events for free throughout the year. And it also comes with our revolution, her curated box, which we've handpicked some amazing products from women-founded businesses. I think we've packed in over $200 worth of products in this box that when you become a member, it's delivered to your door. And it's just a way for us to not only highlight women that we admire, but also just say, girl, we got you. We're sending you a box and there's a little something just for you. There's nothing for your kids. There's nothing for your husband. It's literally just for you and enjoy it and welcome to the club. Well, I think one of the cool things too, I would, I mean, uh, this sounds really neat to me is you go through books together yes, and you actually have chats like you do online events, correct? Yeah, we do. And it's such a fun opportunity to just come together. Uh, our next book chat is at the end of the month. Um, we're featuring the home edit. These two amazing women. I'm sure, I'm not sure if you've seen them on Netflix, they have a series on Netflix. So we just pick books that we think we would love and that other women would love. And we talk about what's really resonated with us. And then we host other events too. Like we have specific events for entrepreneurs as well. We do like a mentorship session where women can ask questions and, you know, go into a small group conversation with other business women who, you know, can offer advice and, and give feedback. We are recording this in basically month 11 on the verge of month 12 of COVID. So Maria, I have seen it on Netflix. Oh, good. Uh, I'm even watching Steven Seagal movies now. It's that bad. <laughs> Before we do some thank yous for this, uh, where can people go to find out more information about what you do and, and maybe even uh, not just only the, the website or the, the resource, but also like what should they be looking at when they get there? Okay. So you can find all the information on us at revolutionher.com. Or across all social platforms. You know, membership is one of those things. If you are interested, of course, we would love for you to become a member, but you can participate in so many ways without spending a penny. 
subscribership is free and then we actually invite you to join our private Facebook group where you can just have conversations with other like-minded women. There's just so much we try to offer, especially now in this age of COVID, to support as many women as we can. So the only ask we ever have is if you love it, please tell another woman in your life so that we can continue to support in a beautiful circle. (laughs) But yeah, revolutionher.com is probably the best place to start or you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at revolutionhertm. Cool. You and I having this conversation did not happen in a vacuum. So I like to thank everybody who was involved. First, we talked about her already, my sister, Cindy. She connected us. She booked us. She made sure the link for the website we record this on was available. Thank you, Cindy. Naomi works at Leading with Nice, and she helps me get prepared and keeps me organized and make sure the questions I want to ask are all in the right place. Carrie Cotton's our account manager. And she, while we were doing this, I saw messages in our Slack channel. She's doing, she's doing work so that I can take some time out to chat with you. Austin Pomeroy is our audio editor and producer. He puts this all together, makes us sound great. And Jamie Hunter is our content manager. The reason you're hearing this right now is probably because you saw it online or social or heard about it. He crafts the blog post. He makes all the social content and then schedules it and makes sure Maria's photos included. And Sam is our graphic designer. He put together all the graphics you saw around this. Sam did that. So team thank you so much maria though you were here you showed up and man did you bring some authenticity and vulnerability i hope you brought it man (laughs) thank you so much matthew honestly i think the more we're all open and and sharing with each other the, the much nicer the rest of the world will be just just like you said leading with nice it's so so important so it's been an honor to be here with you Maria, thank you. And people always tell me, clients always tell me that I should, I should be saying this more. The stuff we talked about today, if you implement it, it will increase your bottom line. This is not just feel good stuff. It is good business practice. So Maria, thank you very much. Thank you. We will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks.